0: you would take your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 2 and uh, verse 42. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 through 47. We've been on this theme uh, in uh, both August and September about this is us and looking at what does that really mean, this is us? Who are we as believers in Christ? And this morning I want to focus on a fellowship of believers. That's who we are. We are a fellowship of believers. But I've come to realize that church a lot of times is a lot like other organizations outside the church. And that is that sometimes we get kind of focused on one specific area or small things rather than the big things and the whole picture. Uh, That is true uh, in Christianity. A lot of times folks think that being a part of the fellowship of believers just means that you're a member of a church. But there's a lot more significance to that, and that's what we're going to kind of look at this morning. I think a good example of that is a, uh, these uh, men that were part of a senior living community. These men were part of a senior living community. They were good buddies, and uh, they were always doing things together. And they, uh, one summer, they were hanging out at the pool, and they noticed this attractive lady that they had not seen before. And so these two men, George and Tom, spot the lady, and... George and Tom are talking about that she looks attractive and see if either one of them knows anything about her, which neither one of them did. And so uh, finally Tom gives kind of a challenge to George, that I'd really like to find out if this lady's single or not or if she's married. So George takes the challenge. He goes over to the lady, begins to talk to her and finds out that her name is Sophia. Very attractive name, very attractive lady. And as he's talking to her, he says, I don't think we've seen you around here before. Are you new to the area? And as he's having a conversation, he finds out that she just got out of prison and uh, inquires about what she got out of prison for and finds out that she had uh, stabbed her ex-husband. <laughs> to which that George turns around and walks away. He walks over to Tom and says, Tom, come on over. She's single." Obviously, George was kind of focused on the small things and kind of missed the bigger picture of things, and we do that sometimes within Christianity. We kind of get hung up on maybe just the small things and miss out the big picture of what it really means to be a part of the church part of the fellowship of believers and so we're going to look at that a little deeper this morning and find out what the bigger picture is so let's look at this in Acts chapter 2 and beginning in verse 42 and read through verse 47 I'm going to read this out of the NIV translation because the very second word that we're going to look at is the word devoted and I think it's a key thing about what the fellowship of believers is in that one word called devoted In verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In these scriptures, uh, you'll notice that uh, if we were to read prior to this, that the Apostle Paul had preached what appeared to be kind of maybe a 10-minute message, and it tells us that 3,000 people got saved and followed the Lord in baptism, and that began this movement of this fellowship of believers. And in these verses that we just read in verses 42 through 47, kind of gives us a picture of what it really means to be a fellowship believers of who we are when we say, this is us. Why do you take just a second and look around you in this room this morning, kind of look behind you, beside you, left and right, and you'll see that this is us. Some of you are afraid to look, aren't you? Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead and move your head a little bit, look around. We all look different, act different, come from different backgrounds, but this is us. We are a fellowship of believers. We're a group of those who believe in Christ and follow the teachings of God. But what does it really mean to be a fellowship of believers? Well, I believe that, as I mentioned, that second word that I read is the word devoted. And that word devoted means to be committed to something and to be committed to it in a continual, close way. So in these scriptures, I want to kind of read and reveal to us what they were devoted to, what they were close to, what they were committed to, what they were continually part of as a fellowship of believers. So it's fellowship believers, those who are making up the body of God. The Bible tells gather one of the things that was very evident was that they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Now, when it says that they were devoted, remember that meant that they were committed, they were continual, and they were close. So whatever the early apostles were teaching, they were committed to it. They were continually in it. They were close to it. They had devoted themselves to what the apostles were teaching about Jesus Christ and what he taught while he worked, walked on this earth and how it related to the Old Testament, they were soaking it in and they were not only just hearing it, but they were doing it. They were living out the Word of God in their life. Otherwise, it would not have been the devotion in the way that was worded in this scripture. So it's letting us know that they not only were hearing it and understanding it, but they were applying it to their lives. And when they left out from the teaching, they were living it out in everyday life. That's part of what the fellowship of believers are, and that is that we are devoted to living out God's Word, not to be just hearers of it, but to be doers of it. Matter of fact, James in chapter 1 wrote this, said, do not be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word. Which means if it's in God's word and you see it, you read it, you hear it, then put it into action in your life. What was kind of unique in this early teaching of the apostles was that they had the Old Testament, but there was no New Testament because they were the New Testament. They were the ones that were developing it. So when those early... Disciples, those early followers of Christ, were listening to what the apostles had to say, then they didn't have something in writing that they could just go back and look at. They had to listen very intently, they had to soak it in, and then they had to say, I got to live this out in my life. And they began to share it with each other. And so they began to become what that New Testament teaching was. They were living it out in their life. There was no written scripture of this New Testament, they were living it out. And I believe that's got to be true about us as the followers of Christ, the fellowship of believers. And that is that we not only now we have the advantage, we've got it written, don't we? The early disciples, those early apostles, they, they got it all written out and they got it all put together in what we call the Bible now. And We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. We've got it easy for us to look at and see what it says and apply it to our lives. But the question is, are we truly a fellowship of believers? who are not only reading it, hearing it, and hearing it preach, but we're living it out in our everyday life. The Bible goes on to say in that next verse, verse 43, it says they were filled with awe as they were hearing the word of God and seeing what Christ had done and seeing what God was doing through those early apostles. They were just filled with awe. And it says that there were many, many wonders and miraculous signs that were done among the apostles. So they were seeing God's word working in their lives. And I look at that and I begin to ask the question to myself, Maybe sometimes we're not seeing as many things that throw us in awe because maybe we're not living it all out in our life. Maybe we're not putting all the word of God as it should be applied to our life and living it out day by day so that people are seeing it in us, but also we're putting it into practice. And as we put it into practice, maybe we'd be filled with a little more awe, feel a little more with the just the amazement of what God can do and is doing in our lives. You know, in the uh, I've been a part of the uh, early stages of the folks that uh, have the Bible that's been producing oil. And uh, this Bible that is owned by uh, a gentleman, it just started just kind of oozing this oily substance. They didn't know what it was to start with. And they noticed his pages of his Bible were getting oily and then more pages were getting oily and it just kept on going through the Bible. And the next thing he you know, is just, just becoming saturated, and then that oil is starting to come out of that Bible to the point that it's filling up containers, and it's been doing this for a couple years now. It just continued to ooze out, and people have been getting that oil, and people have been anointed. People have used it to touch other people's lives and believing that God was going to do something. Now, it hasn't done something miraculous in everybody's life that it's touched, but there's been a lot of miraculous things that have happened, and the more that that When you think of the reality of that, it's kind of amazing, isn't it, that an oil would come out of a Bible. Think about that. A Bible that's just producing oil. It's just coming out of it. And that oil that's coming out of it is being used to touch people's lives. And lives have been affected. There have been people that have been healed. There have been people that have had things change in their life prayers have been answered as they have used this oil anointing. And again, it's not that every person that's been touched by it, but miraculous things have happened. And I began to get a visual picture of this Bible that's producing this oil that's oozing out of the Word of God, that's touching other people's lives and making a change in their lives, bringing about miraculous things I begin to see kind of a visual picture of that's how we're to be as the fellowship of believers, the body of Christ. And that is, as we get into God's word, it just we kind of ooze out of it. And our lives touch other people's lives and miraculous things happen. The fellowship of believers. It's believers that are devoted to living out the word of God in their life. Don't just be a hearer of it, but be a doer of it. The second thing that I see about these early believers that I believe is true about the fellowship of believers is that we are believers that are devoted. Remember that key word devoted? We are devoted to loving each other sincerely. Now we get a lot of compliments from people who visit our church. That say that, you know what, y'all are a very loving church. I just felt at home when I came in. People welcomed me. I got a smile. I got a handshake. I really felt like people cared about me. And that is a great compliment. And that can only be true if we love each other. If we're not loving each other, we're not going to be loving others who come in, are we? And the Bible's telling us, if you look at those first uh, verses, 44 through 45, that we see that the early believers were devoted to loving each other sincerely. One of the things that the Bible tells us very clearly is, that especially as we get closer to the return of Christ, that people become lovers of money. Lovers more of money than God, more of money than others. And the Bible makes it very clear that people will struggle with this issue about money and God and where they put their priorities and so forth. And yet we look at these scriptures and the Bible tells us that it's these early Christians. It says that they sold their possessions and they gave it to anyone who had a need. Now, there's a lot of depth in that right there about that devotion to each other in selling of possessions. It's one thing that, you know, if you've got some extra money and somebody has need and you give of your excess to help them in their time of need, that's generous, isn't it? But it may not be sacrificial. But if a person is willing to sell something they have to meet the need of somebody who is struggling, that's when it becomes sacrificial. Sacrificial. Michael was up here leading the music for us a while ago, and he was playing the guitar. Michael's got quite a collection of guitars. If Michael saw someone in need, and he didn't have the funds to help them, and he said, you know what, I'm going to sell one of my guitars to help them in their time of need, that would be sacrificial. Matter of fact, after the service is over, Michael's going to be coming over to our house, and he said, Dad, could you leave my guitars alone? (laughs) Leave them out of the sermon illustrations? I just say that to say that probably many of these had possessions that was something that was close to them, something that they cared about, that was personal to them. But yet the Bible tells us that they were devoted to each other and loving each other so sincerely that they sowed of their own possessions to help another brother or sister in Christ. That's what the fellowship of believers is. Now a key explanation of that is that word fellowship that I just read in the scriptures there. That word fellowship in the original Greek language is the word koinonia, which may not mean much to anybody except that the word koinonia was used in an intimate, close way. So it wasn't just that they were saying they had a fellowship, meaning they had a hangout and ate together, or they, which it does say that they did that. But it wasn't that they just enjoyed each other's company and had that kind of a fellowship. We got some things in common. We kind of like talking. We like hanging out with each other. But when it says that they had a koinonia fellowship, it means that they were close. They were committed. They had a a depth of intimacy with each other that made a connection. How do you know if you've got a koinonia fellowship that goes beyond just like, hey, how you doing? You got, I love to see you smile, I love to talk to you. When it goes beyond that, a koinonia fellowship is when you know that if at two o'clock in the morning, some of you are thinking, what is two o'clock in the morning? Two o'clock in the morning, you've got something that has burdened you that you're struggling with, and at two o'clock in the morning, you just can't handle it, and you know that there's somebody in your fellowship of believers, that at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're not afraid to pick up the phone and call them. And maybe with tears in your eyes, you ask them, could you come over and pray with me? Because I'm struggling. That's a quodonia fellowship. And you know what? A lot of times within church, People have more fellowship with people that are outside of the church than they do in the inside of the church. And if we're truly a fellowship, a koinonia, a close, intimate group of believers, those who believe in Christ, then your closest friends are going to be those that are part of the body of Christ, those who are part of your church family, those that you know that you can call at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're not going to hang up on you but they're going to say what's wrong and whatever it takes to help you in your time of need they're there for you let me tell you this morning if you don't have somebody within the body of Christ that's your 2am fellowship friend believer you need to find one because everybody needs that type of fellowship a a. 2am now as I said that I'm not challenging y'all to call me at 2 o'clock in the morning (laughs) I do get those calls sometimes. But you should have somebody within the fellowship that you love them and they love you enough that it's okay to call them at 2 o'clock in the morning. And they'll be there to help you. They'll be there to pray with you. They'll be there to whatever the need is in your life. You see, as I look at these scriptures, it tells us that they had that type of fellowship, that if they had something that needed to be sold to help the need of somebody else, they'd do it. They were hanging out with each other. They were hanging out at each other's homes. They were breaking bread together. They had that type of close intimacy, sincerity. I'll give you a third thing that I see about these believers. And they were believers that were devoted to a lifestyle that was a powerful witness. You see, if you look at those last verses, verses 46 and 47... It says that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. But it goes on to say they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were believers that were devoted to such a lifestyle that it was being a powerful witness to everybody that they encountered. They were finding favor not only with God, and God was looking down and he was pleased with them and seeing the lifestyle that they were living and the way that they were a witness to other people, but the people that they were encountering in their everyday life. Let's put it in today's terms. The people that they were encountering at work, the people that they encountered at school, the people that they were encountering on the ball field, all these people that they were meeting and seeing, the people that they met at the PTA meetings that they were seeing began to see such something unique inside of them that that began to make a witness to them. And the Bible tells us that not only were they finding favor with God, but they were finding favor with all the people. And it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. People could just see there was something different in those who had came to know Christ. People were seeing something different in their lifestyle, their attitude, seeing a smile on their face, seeing something that showed that there was meaning in their life. And that was such a witness that the Bible is telling us that daily people were coming to know Christ because they saw the difference in them. That is a true fellowship of believers. And it all goes back to, that word that I told you, they were devoted to it. They weren't just interested in hearing a sermon or reading something in Life in the Word class, but they wanted to soak it in and live it out in their life. They weren't just interested in hanging out with a big group of folks to sing some songs together or sit in a class together. They wanted to be a part of each other's lives. And if, they needed, if that other person needed something that they could help them with, they were there for them. And because of what they were like inside the church, It was affecting the people outside the church. And people were coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I am just truly convinced that if we are truly the believers, a fellowship of believers that God wants us to be, it's not only going to affect us inside the church, but it's going to affect the people outside the church as well that people are going to come to know Christ. Now, I told you that this afternoon from four to six, we're going to be a part of this outreach to go into that Brookwood area and to give those packets and let people know, hey, we've been praying for you. We're here to pray for you. We've got to give for you. We just want you to know that we care about you. And you know what? If we're doing it with a smile on our face and a sense of mission in our heart that God has put us out there on that mission, it's going to make a favorable impact on those people's lives that we encounter. And some people are going to come to know Christ as their personal Savior. A fellowship of believers. I told you about George and Tom. They kind of missed the boat, didn't they? They were just interested, is this woman single? There was a lot more to the big picture, wasn't there? And sometimes we do the same thing with church. We kind of get hung up on one small thing. Well, it's just being a member of, you know, a church. No, fellowship of believers is far beyond that. It's where we all come together. We're all believers in Christ, and we have such a closeness and an intimacy that we're devoted to not only God's Word, but we're devoted to each other, and we're devoted to living it out outside the walls of this church so that others can come to know Christ as well. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment as I come to get a song ready this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm going to throw you a shocker. I'm not really all that interested in just being a church member, but I sure am interested in being part of a fellowship of believers. A group of folks who are devoted to God's word, to each other, and to being a witness to those outside the walls of the church. This morning, If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, maybe this about being a fellowship of believers is a little bit different to you. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to give your heart and life to the Lord and become part of us. This is us. What I just described to you is who we are. It's what we as Temple Baptist Church want to be, and that is we're devoted to God's Word. We're devoted to loving each other, and we're devoted to being a witness outside the walls of this church. And we want to have that close, intimate relationship with each other that God intended for us to have. That's who we are. This is us. And if you want to be a part of that, and you've never accepted Christ, then would you pray this prayer silently in your heart right where you're sitting? Dear Lord, I feel your Holy Spirit speaking to me. Lord, I know I've made some mistakes in my life. I know I've failed you. But today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Now, while nobody's looking around, if you pray that prayer with me this morning, you made the most important decision of your life. And, and I want to remember you in my prayers and I'd love to get to talk to you. But if you pray that prayer with me and you really mean it, while nobody else is looking around, would you just slip up your hand for just a second while nobody else is looking around? Maybe this morning, you already know that you're a Christian. But maybe you haven't really developed that connection like I just described to you about the fellowship believers that they were in the New Testament church. But you wanna be a part of that. You need to make maybe some changes or make some commitments in your life to be a part of that. And you want me to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand, just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Yes, 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 I see those hands. Lord, I come to you this morning. Lord, sometimes we can kinda miss the big picture. We miss out on the big things. Sometimes we think about, well, church, that's just being a church member. Lord, I talked with a gentleman that I believe that you have divinely brought into my life so that I can be a witness to him, win him over. He was a gentleman that told me that used to live up north and he went to church, but he found out pretty quickly That was just all business and he wasn't interested in business. So he hadn't gone back to a church since then. He wasn't interested in being part of a church. About all this business stuff. Yeah, Lord, you gave me an opportunity to begin to share a few things with him. To begin to, I think, open up a door. That I might be able to lead him to the reality of what the church is. The fellowship of believers that has something more to offer him than doing business. It has the reality of the truth of God's word. It has a loving fellowship that really cares about each other and that's much more important than business. It's a group of folks who really want to live outside the walls of the church in such a way that people see God in them and people come to know Christ. So, Lord, I, I'm praying the God that within our fellowship, we would be that type of believers. And, Lord, I pray for that gentleman that you brought into my life. God, I pray that over the uh, next few weeks, you'll give me an opportunity to plant an even deeper seed about what the church really is. It's not about business, but it's about being believers who love God and love each other and want to see others come to know Christ. So, God, help us to be all that you'd want us to be. And may it be that this is us. This is who we are. And, Lord, I believe people really want to be a part of that. And, Lord, I'm going to give you the praise and honor for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.